0: Welcome back to the Dare to Dream podcast, you. where we discuss what it's like to quit our jobs, follow our dreams, and find what lights our soul on fire.
1: That is right. We're excited to be here. Episode two, we're going to be touching on a couple different topics. Uh, first of all, the inner dialogue and how we speak to ourselves throughout the day. Next, we're going to cover
0: the mindset shift that comes with being comfortable with the uncomfortable. So changing how you think about discomfort and uncomfortable situations and moving towards those instead of running away from them. And third, we're going to get real deep and philosophical and ask the question, is it better to live a life that is achievement oriented, where you measure your life based on how much you accomplish, or is it better to simply measure your life based on how much you savor it? how much you enjoy each moment with family and friends, and how at peace you are with yourself. So we're very excited, and we are just going to hop straight in. Let's get the show on the road. So my biggest takeaways from the last episode were talking about how you just need to get out there and do things. The most important thing you can do in figuring out what you want to do with your life is to just simply start. And not think about it, not overanalyze, just start. And put yourself
1: out there and see how it feels. Right. And when you don't know like what you really love or what what you wanna do, where do you think you start with like making yourself uncomfortable, putting yourself in uncomfortable situations? Is it, we were talking about like just when you don't exactly have the passion or um, you know, you might be a very passionate person but you don't know exactly what you love and like wanna put all of your effort into in life. And at our age, how do you kind of find that and um, figure out what, what that is? I think it's just trying things right that's where you got to start yeah try different things really trial by trial by fire too
0: it's you're gonna try a bunch of different things and they're gonna be uncomfortable and I think that's maybe where we where we take it at the beginning of the episode today Mm -hmm. is the importance of being uncomfortable because at least for me I always thought that as soon as I found my purpose it was gonna feel good and I was gonna feel motivated and inspired and that I was moving in the right direction and the stars were aligning. Right. And while I definitely have aspects of that in little pieces, it's more of my inner voice saying, why are you doing this? What are you doing? You don't know how to do this. Yeah, And it's a lot more self doubt and fear, like personal fear than I expected. And I think a lot of that comes from the fact that I no longer have a job title. I no longer have a salary. Mm-hmm. And so, you mentioned it yesterday. It's like every day we are starting from the bottom and essentially climbing up. We don't have that like checkpoint or like stepping off point of you know this is who I am, this is my job, and I'm just doing the day to day exactly
1: It's a great point, and I think it's for when like what we're doing now, pretty much freelancing and figuring out what we're passionate about and like what we want to fill our day with um, when you don't have like a job to go to to check in at it's. Totally self-motivation. And um, yeah, every day is a climb in multiple ways to better yourself and kind of put yourself in those uncomfortable situations and think critically about what you're doing. So it's physically a climb to like actually accomplish things, but it's also just a climb to make yourself motivated and feel good, right? Yeah. That's like more even more important. I think what we're kind of trying to get after is like right now is the time to work on ourselves, like if you have the room, and we're very lucky that we, you know, we're able to try different things and um, able to explore this type of stuff, but you gotta be working on yourself before, um, before just looking at your kind of future, and like success in terms of a job and like stability. You gotta work on yourself and becoming the type of person that's kind of, goes something else but is worthy of like success in traditional terms i guess yeah absolutely
0: so how i'm looking at everything is kind of like we are essentially a sword that's being forged and so how a sword is made is you have the quality of the steel that makes a big difference and so for us that's the quality of our character that's our moral compass those are our virtues that's what we stand for and then you take really good steel and you throw it in the fire and you hold it in the fire, it's very uncomfortable, it's hot, it sucks, it hurts, you take it out of the fire, and then you just beat it. You beat it with a hammer. And honestly, that's how it feels some days. Some days I feel like no matter what I do, I'm just getting attacked from all sides, just getting beaten down. But you repeat that over and over again. You hammer the steel, you put it in the fire, you take it out, you hammer it some more, and that's how you make the best swords. It's that repetition and that comfortability of being uncomfortable Mm -hmm. being able to tell yourself and have that inner dialogue that says, yeah, this sucks. Like this is really uncomfortable, but this is how it's supposed to feel. Right. And I think when you make that mental shift to stop beating yourself up from saying like, I shouldn't feel this way to being like, Oh, this is it. Mm -hmm. This is
1: progress. That's what's been working for me. Big time. And like those moments where you overcome like being uncomfortable and how good does it feel? It's, like, the best thing in the world is when you have that feeling of, like, I'm just going to do this and, like, see what happens, like, you got to see what happens, and it's, it's, you know, that's what, like, that's what life is about, is having the feeling of being uncomfortable and doing something scary, and, it's like, that's what pushes you forward every day, is putting yourself out there, because we're all, you have to start somewhere, yeah. and, like, especially with, with writing for me, it's, um I'm kind of... With Medium, it's like I, I have to submit uh, publications and I'm trying to submit to these bigger ones and um, there's a lot of rejection, of course. It's all rejection. All of life is rejection and putting yourself out there. And it's, uh, it's you know, obviously it's scary. It's like it's my work and I'm submitting it to hopefully get accepted and not a lot have. Like I've only had, uh, a couple weeks ago, I had one accepted for like a bigger publication, which was the first one, but um, I had to like, work with the editor on, editor on it a little bit and uh, critique it and, you know, obviously positive criticism, but that's, that's helpful. Like you gotta not be scared to put yourself out there and take rejection head on.
0: Absolutely. Really just opening yourself up to getting criticism, being rejected and being vulnerable in the sense where you know that you're not who you want to be quite yet. And you're willing to take feedback from different sources along the way. So what are some things that you've been in your personal journey implementing to inspire you when you're feeling down? Like where is that
1: motivation coming from? It's a great question. You know, it's like we were talking about just the uphill climb of every day getting up and you got to find motivation within just to even be your best self. It's not, um, you know, if you have a job, if you're going to nine to five, you have to find the motivation to be happy about it and make yourself do it. But also, just I feel like it's you know at this age where we're developing who we are and who we want to be, our core values and everything. You gotta find the motivation to to work on yourself. And um, so throughout my day to inspire yourself, you gotta just have an inner dialogue. That's you're your best. Fr- you gotta be your best friend. Yeah. One of the best uh, quote that yoga teacher said is very inspirational i said you gotta like imagine like a cheerleader uh yourself as a cheerleader like in the stands just in your head at all times just cheering you on like no matter what we get beaten down and there's a lot of bad days that start bad but you gotta you gotta motivate yourself to get going and like if you don't have a positive inner dialogue then it's it's tough to Find out what life is, like, truly about and really suck the marrow out of it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I love that.
1: Yeah, that, that, that brings I up... that answered the question. That, that
0: answers the question great. So it's not, it's not watching motivational videos on YouTube. Oh,
1: okay. Um, honestly, like I practical don't... practical things. Yeah, I don't watch, like, a lot of videos. Um, it's, like, just doing what makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Like, writing is... Of course, it's writing. But, like, that's what brings me to the present moment and We get caught like just thinking about like the mistakes that we made or just thinking about the future but like writing is just a way to like Really put my thoughts on the page and brings me to that day to that second where I could think through like What I'm actually feeling mm-hmm. and it honestly just re- like elevates my mood All the time and working out is huge of course like just going on walks um, Just moving hmm gotta keep the train moving. Yeah, I think that's really important get the juices flowing yeah
0: I heard uh, I was talking to someone the other day and they said that their ideal day is a day where they have time to do everything they want to do throughout the day and they don't feel rushed and they don't feel stressed and that that brought up some interesting some interesting emotions in me because we were talking about this yesterday but we have the whole day to do essentially whatever we want, and yet I still feel like I don't have enough time to get these things done. Right. Uh, we were talking about how we're getting up early because we feel like we don't have enough time. <laughs> we need to get started. We need to accomplish all these things, mm-hmm. and I've been trying to find the balance between accomplishment and savoring life, really enjoying what I'm doing, because it's easy for myself to get sucked into this achievement-oriented mindset where... I literally measure my days based on like how many things I checked off my to do list mm-hmm. and that 's a really slippery slope because there 's always going to be something else to do there 's always going to be a higher level to move towards, and if you 're constantly worried about how much you 're achieving, you might miss out on a good dinner with friends or just simply sitting down and reading a book and really savoring the moment and so what's it what that has brought up for me is what is better? is it better to Live a life where you're trying to achieve as much as possible. You're trying to have the biggest impact on the world and other people, or is it a life where you savor it? You savor time with your friends, with your family. You savor the time you spend with yourself. Right. So what are your thoughts on that? Is it some sort of balance between the two? That's something that I've been personally struggling with because I'm definitely
1: tilting towards achievement oriented. Totally, and it's hard not to because when people see our lives and what we um, measure ourselves up against is what you've achieved in the eyes of others. Because what else do you have anything to base your life off of besides your achievements, if nobody knows you or anything, besides what you think of yourself? Yeah. So what is better? Is it striving to do all these things and to change the world, or is it to be perfectly at peace in your own mind and your own body? And it is, the happiest that I am is like, Traveling and just experiencing the world and everything out there and That brings me like peace and I think you got to find the balance because of course we want to we aspire to do all these things and um, make something of ourselves and Because that's like what motivates us. We want to do these things But also it can be taxing to only strive to accomplish goals and check things off the list so you got to make time throughout your day especially to savor the moment, do things like read and really just be there, like be in that moment. And yeah, that's, you know, I sort of really, this is like a good time for it actually. Like, you yeah. know, we, if you have the extra time, like try to do things that make you, that don't make you escape from the moment, but really bring you there. So honestly walking, like that's huge for me. And just being outside because you're kind of in control of like, you know, your, your thoughts and not in control of your thoughts, but can see what I'm saying. Outside, no
0: phone, no yeah, music. Exactly. No distractions. Um, I think, so people who are going to dare to dream and if they decide to quit their job and take the extreme route that we are, I think it's even easier to lean towards achieving things because that's the first question that you get when you see someone who hasn't seen you since you quit your job they so they go oh like how's everything going like what have you done since yeah. you quit your job and it's like that they want the laundry list of xyz yeah they want to know like what percentage of the way you are to achieving your potential and like exactly. that's just impossible and i mean even when we're just talking to friends and family it's always like oh like how's life what's new yeah and maybe that's just human nature wanting to know what's like current or what's coming up. But maybe the question we should be asking is like, what's the same that you love? Like what things have you been working on repeatedly mm-hmm. day after day that
1: are really making you a better person? That's awesome. I'm like, yeah. How do you tell somebody like I, you know, I had happened a couple of days ago, somebody I hadn't seen in a long time. And how do you just like, so what are you went up to? So, well, like, I could tell you, like, what I've actually been doing, but how do I tell you, like, I've spent a couple days, like, trying to just find some balance and, like, peace of mind, kind of been doing nothing, but doesn't sound as good and look as good in the eyes of others, I guess.
0: Yeah, you can't really go up to someone and tell them, like, oh, yeah, I spent eight hours yesterday trying to write an article and yeah. then felt terrible about my life things kind of spiraled and then I went and took a nap because I felt like so ashamed
1: of like, who I was that day yeah <laughs> it's tough <laughs> it's tough that's not what you want to say and when people are really when people want to know when they truly want to know you know you'll have those discussions but um, just like the yeah that I haven't seen you in a long time like what's been new that's a little harder yeah as a freelancer and kind of what we're trying to do but It's tough,
0: too, because I feel like there's so much. I feel like I have a lot to tell people, but it's not... It's, like, I want to show them how much I've grown as a person and how, like, more comfortable I'm getting with the uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and how I'm, like, better today than I was yesterday. But as you said, that's not, like, a metric that's easily shown off. Right. And so um, another... But something that's really been helping me, too, is this, this quote. And I'm stealing it from... It's either from Naval Ravikant or Vishen Lakiani, but it's this concept that you should live your life as if you're the superhero, as if you're the main character in a superhero movie. And so you're the protagonist. And so whatever you're doing, you have to progress the plot and you have to think constantly like what would make a better story. Hmm. And so he, the example that he talks about is how you go and you take the bus to work or you take the bus to the grocery store or you're in the grocery store and you're sitting there and like a beautiful woman walks by. Are you going to watch a movie where the guy does nothing and doesn't talk to her? Or are you going to watch a movie where he goes up, strikes a conversation, they make plans, you progress the plot. And so that's like the biggest thing for me is just no matter what, what I'm feeling or, you know, how I'm measuring myself that day, just do something that progresses the plot and moves me forward. Because that's when the opportunities start opening up. I love that. That's awesome.
1: Um, and who doesn't want to... Think that they're a superhero in their own movie. There we go, beautiful. So, what do you kind of do to inspire yourself, like throughout the day, to motivate yourself to do these things? Like, how do you get yourself to go talk to a girl, or what's the inner dialogue in your head telling you?
0: Yeah, I think the inner dialogue is super important, and maybe we can uh, maybe we can
1: read that quote that you had. Yes, um, we'll pull that up. So this is about Michel de Montaigne, who's one of my favorite philosophers um, in the fifteen hundreds, French, just because. This, the writer who wrote the biography on him, uh, Stefan Zweig, is one of my favorite uh, authors. And he kind of writes about these people in history who aren't really as well known as the, the bigger figures, but they had to really endure serious hardship and they maintained a piece of themselves. That's like his main theme because Zweig lived during the World War II and um, the whole, you know, leading up to World War II, so he lived through World War I in, in Austria. So it's obviously just a tumultuous time, and he got through. Like he got through it. I mean, commit suicide, but in Brazil, but he, writing, you know, brought him, the only peace of mind that he could find. So he was in, interested in these, um, these figures that went through similar things. So Montaigne lived through the religious wars in France in the fifteen hundreds, where it's just, the entire, all of Europe pretty much was just up in war, like just. Destroy neighbors and like, especially in France, as Protestants and Catholics. And uh, so basically Montaigne, this is about him. For Montaigne, the dialogue with the self is the highest level of art to be attained. In the freedom of the arts, let us begin with the one which makes us free. So everybody wanted a lot from Montaigne. He was, um, he's from Bordeaux, France, and he really had he was being pulled from all angles and he had to find peace in himself during this insane time in history where you couldn't live a normal life, obviously. And yeah, he had to have the find just how to motivate himself to actually be happy. And he, uh, credited with basically inventing the essay, but it's another thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the, the highest level of art is the inner dialogue mm. that we're, it's amazing that we are talking to ourselves throughout the entire day, all day, every day, for our entire life. Like, how do you find peace in that? And that's yeah. what we're working at. And you said the times that he lived during were horrendous.
0: And there's probably, you, you can't draw an exact parallel, but I mean, the times we're living in currently are tough. And So how do you find the motivation? I mean, even if you haven't quit your job, you're still working. How exactly. do you find the motivation to get up and work from home for an entire day? Like, where do you get that motivation and inspiration from? And so for me, going back to the question on like how my inner dialogue is, is I find that I am much more productive and happy and just content when my inner dialogue is very positive. And so I consciously talk to myself positively. I try and kind of amp myself up, tell myself that I'm smart, I'm confident, I'm capable, all of those kind of things. Because one, it makes me feel better. And two, like, there's nothing good comes from beating yourself up. I think the worst thing that you can possibly do is tell yourself that the situation you're in should be going a different way. Because, mm-hmm. it, like, it doesn't matter. You're in that situation. It's exactly. happening. You have no control over how it's happening. What you do have control over is how you talk to yourself about it. Exactly. So if you're in a very uncomfortable situation and you're saying... This isn't how it's supposed to be. This should have been easier. Like, you're not good enough. If you were better, it would be easy and you'd be fine. That's not going to help you whatsoever. But if instead you're saying, this uncomfortable situation is exactly how it's supposed to feel. I'm supposed to feel discouraged. I'm supposed to feel like I don't know what I'm doing. And that's because this is what growth feels like.
1: Exactly. And you got to take that and just say, I'm going to flip the script. Yeah. Like, I'm going to take this uncomfortable situation and I'm gonna to try to thrive in it, and I will. Like, as long as I'm telling myself these positive things, you'll get through it. Like, we've been through unbelievable things in history as, as a human race, and we'll get through this time, but yeah, it's, that's a great point that you made that we are living through like unprecedented time, and we don't know what the future looks like, um, but we gotta motivate ourselves every day to continue being happy and like, continue striving for that. And it does start with the inner dialogue, I think it's huge, and um, yeah, honestly, the same thing, just positive like positivity, yeah telling yourself that you are capable and you are you, like you are unique and individual, and you have talents, like we all do, incredible talents we're gifted, and I think, yeah, more important than anything is this kind of goes back to the achievements versus just how to tell people that yeah I'm at peace right now like that's the biggest thing that has happened this week and that's what really matters yeah but I feel like we don't measure peace
0: as a society right you know we measure prestige we measure job status job title we measure how much money you make we measure the kind of car you drive but we don't measure personal contentment and personal fulfillment Mm -hmm. so that's what makes it even harder to tell other people but I guess that just means it doesn't really matter what you tell other people it's yeah. how you speak to yourself and how you're telling yourself that I'm on the right path and that
1: everything I'm doing right now is making me a better person. 100%. And you don't have to tell people everything. If, if you're content with yourself and you know what you're doing, you don't yeah. need the approval of others.
0: That brings up a good point, though. Something that we were talking about is how I think a lot of people don't tell other people enough of how they're really feeling. So we were talking about a group of our best friends we're all twenty five trying to figure out what we want to do in the world, and none of us have it figured out, but we don't share that with each other right we, You and I have started because we're on this path, but you know when you get that call from your buddy who you haven't seen in a while, you're like, "Life is great, yeah. I'm crushing it, things are going well yeah. you're never You're never really opening up and saying, "I had an existential crisis yeah. this morning." <laughs> You know, then I cried for a bit. I cried and went to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I'm calling you. And so I think maybe... Especially as guys. Yeah, especially as guys. I think maybe opening up and sharing more of that can one, be cathartic and help you. It just feels good to talk about that. But two, to just kind of, especially in the times where you're not seeing the people you want to see as much because of covid Mm -hmm. when you go outside everyone's wearing a mask there's no human connection so maybe now even more than ever is where you really open up and you let people in and you say honestly this is how i'm feeling and then you talk about it because chances are they're experiencing something very similar right and you can either talk about it and both feel good or you can put up your shield and act all macho and you know talk about
1: how great everything is very true that's yeah, honestly. It's uh, it's not easy to open up to people and tell them how, what you're really going through. Yeah. And we'd rather smile and say everything's all right, but all the time, it's not. Like, we yeah, we feel something inside, and even just the, the voice in your head, like, you could recall it saying, like, why aren't you telling them what's really happening? Yeah. Like, I have that voice. Uh-huh. We all do. And just, like, the best times are... When you think something and you say it. Yeah, like, exactly. Just trying to get, that goes back to just being uncomfortable. I would call it a day of success if you, like, did something like that. If you just divulged to, to a friend or stranger, if they asked for it, if you tell them what's really going on, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sure they'd appreciate it. And it kind of goes back to what success is. But, you know, that's the overarching theme here. Yeah, those good
0: days are the days where you have those challenges that come up, and you have two paths forward, one where you're authentic and vulnerable, one where you're, you know, your same shitty self that's just gonna lie about how you're feeling, and you you choose to share. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think, okay, another thing too. Yes. One thing that I've been noticing is, I feel like I'll get into these moods where no matter what happens, I'm essentially in this one spectrum of feeling and a lot of times it's like grumpy and annoyed and so like whatever happens to me throughout that day it's staying in the bounds of this mm-hmm. of how i perceive the world that day and i recognize it so i'll be in my head saying why are you why are you acting like this like why are you saying these things you don't mm-hmm. want to say these things you're just being annoying and grumpy like no one's going to want to be around you and it's like at that moment when I finally hear that voice saying, why are you acting like this? Then I can shift it. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes it's not until like the end of the day that I just sit down and I was like, wow, like I wasn't very fun to be around today Yeah. because I was dealing with all of this personal stuff. But I think that's the biggest thing is feeling your emotions and realizing that it's okay to feel those. And then just like thinking about why you're feeling those. Once you can identify that you're in that like, you'll never get out of that little range you're in unless you can identify it. Totally. And the second you
1: identify it, then you're like, oh, like, I'm going to stop being like that. That's huge. It's, you know, we have these emotions and these feelings all day and this inner dialogue, but a lot of times we can't trust it. It's like you're saying we're in this bounds of like, I'm going to be grumpy all day and I could kind of go both ways, but I'm still going to be kind of in a, a low mood. Um, A lot of times, when you recognize that, so yeah, I am in a low mood today, you and then it's just like this bombardment of negative thoughts all day. You can't trust those thoughts, you have to tell yourself, I know I'm in a low mood. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing that how often that happens. And the next day, you get up and like everything's changed, and you're in a completely different, you're in a better place. Yeah, and then you're just back to positivity. So I think it's yeah, recognizing your moods for sure, recognizing if you're in a low mood, I shouldn't believe the thoughts that I'm having right now and do something that kind of brings you some peace and because um, maybe you won't get out of that mind state but as long as you recognize that you are in it and you just shouldn't trust what you're thinking right now um, finding yeah finding the balance mm-hmm yes yeah and it's so easy to
0: get in that mindset to just feel that way. And everyone does it. So one one other thing I wanted to talk about, some interesting feedback we got from the first episode, is that, yes, we, you and I, we're, we're 24 and 25. We're at the genesis of our impact on the world and kind of our personal mission and traje- trajectory. But what's really cool is that I've had a lot of older people reach out and say that what you guys are talking about and all the issues you guys are facing Is exactly what I'm facing at 55, 59, 62. Because a lot of our parents are at the stage where they're just wrapping up their career. They're wrapping up how they made money, how they provided for us. And now they're shifting into that next phase of their life that's more focused on contribution and how they wanna give back. Mm -hmm. And so my mom was telling me this, and like a lot of my mom's friends are figuring out what they can do now, like what new company they can start that's going to bring more joy into the world and help people. And so I just thought that was really interesting. I never really thought about it, but it's not that these situations come up at the beginning of your working life and that's it. Like these are gonna come up along the way. There's gonna be lots of transitions and just being comfortable with the uncomfortable is how you are gonna get through
1: those. Big time. Having the same mentality, through the highs and lows that, yeah, recognizing when you're in these different states of mind and that you will get through it. But yeah, it's very interesting that it doesn't, this isn't the only time we're gonna be having these thoughts. This, thought. this yeah. is just the beginning and trying to figure out who we are that is a lifetime pursuit. And as, as long, you know, start the work now. Start working on yourself more than anything mm-hmm. and recognize, type of person you are and when you're in a bad mood in a low mood why you're feeling that way and how you you could get yourself to kind of train yourself to just shift your thinking and not always believe your thoughts because yeah it's it's not just now that you know we're gonna be going through this yeah and yeah just about transitioning through our entire lives the kind of doing these different things um yeah it is that's Interesting. it's a lifelong pursuit and what I've realized recently
0: is I don't think I'm ever gonna feel like I made it air quotes right I'm always gonna be striving for a new project a new job a new career a new thing I'm implementing mm-hmm. and I'm always gonna feel like I don't know enough about it but once I start I'm gonna just like start bringing in all the inputs that I need learning what I need but when I achieve it there's gonna be something else and so i think it's super important to realize that you're never going to feel like you made it or you're quote unquote successful it's just learning to love that process of working on yourself facing the unknown that's really where i think you derive happiness it's not it's not the feeling you achieve once you attain your goal because as soon as you do that you set a new goal and then you anchor your happiness at some point in the future again so maybe you're happy for like two days because you got that promotion But then you immediately start looking at the next promotion. And so if you can derive contentment and pleasure from just the process of improving,
1: that's, I think, the key to life. Totally. Like if you think of any successful person, successful, you know, big names, it's, they love the journey more than anything. When you Mm -hmm. get to that David Goggins animal, he's all, you know, in uh, in the book Can't Hurt Me, his autobiography, he's always talking about He's always never happy with once you reach the goal. Yeah. So you never are. Kobe Bryant, um, you know, he loved the process more than anything. Uh, Phil Knight and Shoe Dog, the creator of Nike, he said, like, once it was all said and done, and he's one of the richest guys in the world, he's with uh, Bill Gates and Warren Buffett, like, out of the movie at the end of the book. And, yeah, he, looks back, he goes back to his house, and um, he's just sitting in his thinking chair, and like for the first time in a while, he has nothing to do on his to-do list, and he's just thinking about like the old days, like when he was just young and getting after it and just grinding with like his team of his motley crew, and building Nike. Like that's what he loved more than anything. And that's like looking back, he is successful. He made it, mm-hmm. and he wishes he had more time to spend with his kid, his kids, because they despise Nike because of what they, what it did to his dad. He was obsessed by it, but. So that also brings up another thing, because finding the balance of yeah. striving towards something, but also taking time to, like, what is life about? He wasn't there for his kids, and his son died yeah. in a cave diving, or just in a diving accident. And regrets that more than anything, that he wasn't there to spend time with them and appreciate those, those days when he was grinding, and also that he was, like, raising his family. That was, yeah, I thought that was pretty wild. It is interesting, though, that when you look
0: back on your life, the hardest times the time you spent grinding the time you spent working on something that you felt like you had no idea what you were doing with it is some of the happiest and most fulfilling yeah and so that that's like a perfect transition I've been excited to tell you about this <laughs> I'm excited. but I wanted to give you an update on what's been happening in my own life and so I had about two weeks after I quit my job where I was writing a lot publishing it to my website we were recording the podcast and I was really looking for my path and what was going to be my next, the next chapter of my life. And the stars did align this time. And I was introduced to my business partner and co-founder, uh, his name's Timothy John Harrison, and him and I are starting a coaching based nonprofit. And so the vision of this nonprofit is a world where people who strive to reach their full potential are inspired and equipped beyond environmental and personal limitations. Our mission is to make top-tier executive coaching, leadership development programs, and holistic educational resources available to all. The name of the company, you're going to love this, EPOG Academy. It's E-P-O-G. It stands for the enjoyable pain of growth. Wow. And we love that name because it just sums up everything we've just talked about, Mm -hmm. you know, not knowing what you're like, not really knowing what you're doing. Feeling uncomfortable Mm -hmm. feeling the pain feeling the self-doubt but all of it comes together and it's the enjoyable pain of growth that's what growth is and so we're gonna provide these coaching this this executive coaching to students in traditionally underserved underperforming communities and I am so excited to do this because one I'm obsessed with personal development and me Me being able to have an impact in people's lives to improve their outcomes is something that I value, but it's gonna be so amazing being able to start out in underserved, underperforming communities where these kids don't have access to a lot of the resources and opportunities that we had. And I truly think that I am a product of my environment and everything that I, the little amount that I have achieved so far (laughs) is a product of my family, where I grew up, the resources I had, all of the love they gave me, and just the opportunities that were presented. Mm. And so I'm beyond excited to start this. I think, I know, we're actually
1: gonna make a huge impact and change the world. It's amazing, man. Awesome to hear it. First time I've heard it, that's incredible. Cause yeah, we, like what we talk about often is using what we've been so blessed to have as an upbringing and great family and people who are supportive in what we do. And a lot, of, a lot of people don't have that, and that's like it's amazing that you're doing that. And I know it's gonna be successful, and you know, very excited for, for what what is to come with that.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited, and it was so cool. Like when I say the stars aligned, it it really couldn't have been more serendipitous. So I had a stranger reach out to me on Facebook because she liked some of the writing I had done, and the article I'd written was talking about my mission and my goal in life. And so she messages me on Facebook and says, hey, I am taking a coaching class in San Diego with this guy who has like the exact same mission and vision as you. I'll introduce you guys. And so like we start, you know, just messaging on Facebook. It's a little weird, like (laughs) never met this guy. And then we set up a FaceTime again, like a little awkward the first time, but we, we end up just meeting up, grabbing some food and going to the beach. And like instantly we were just so connected because we both have... We've had like different lives, but we have the same values and morals and how we want to change the world. Mm -hmm. And it's just been incredible. He's one of the most inspirational and eloquent people I've ever met. Like just being with him, he gives off so much energy that when he says we're going to change the world, I know it's true. Wow. And it's amazing. And going back to what we talked about in the first episode, everything going on in the world with George Floyd and Black Lives Matter it was tough. It's, it's been tough for us to figure out how we, can, how we can actually do something about it instead of just feeling guilty because we're two privileged white men. Mm-hmm. And so I'm so grateful for this opportunity because, so Tim is African-American and he's looking to give back to black communities and traditionally underserved, underperforming communities. That's where we're going to start. Mm-hmm. And so I'm now getting this opportunity to have an impact with a demographic that I realistically probably couldn't have reached without him right so we're coming together and like we're so excited because him and i are so similar like obviously he's african-american i'm white but that doesn't matter at all we both love the same thing we both want to help as many people as possible and we want to show america that it we can come together and change the world it's amazing so that's what's coming up for me like just talking about feeling overwhelmed uh feel that constantly because we're, a set, we're, we're, we do, we were just incorporated as a nonprofit on Wednesday and now we're just trying to get a startup company off the ground. And wow. so anyone who's done that, anyone who's read about it knows that you're constantly drinking you feel like you're drinking water from a <laughs> fire hose. There's a thousand things to do, a million things to do. And for someone who's achievement oriented, it's tough because maybe all, like I worked, fifteen hours the other day and got a lot done. Mm-hmm. But when you compare what I just got done to what needs to be done, it's less than one tenth of one percent. So that's what I've been struggling with trying to figure out how to like feel good that I'm doing the right thing, mm-hmm. that I'm that I'm making progress. But what I have noticed is even if even if I kind of feel like I didn't get enough done throughout the day, when I when I go to bed and I think about what I'm doing, like the mission and the purpose of this company we're starting, mm-hmm. it just
1: lights my soul on fire there it is baby and it's incredible that's awesome yeah like for some we're talking about achievements throughout the day and getting things done how do you how do you feel about making time to do things like just being and just being out in like nature and make time to be with friends and do you feel how do you feel about like feeling guilty for doing that stuff do you have to tell yourself and like talk yourself out of it how does it it's now that i
0: have this big never-ending task of starting Epoch Academy. It definitely is harder to make the time to work on myself, mm-hmm. but I realize that, and sometimes I realize, <laughs> I catch myself a lot <laughs> of times thinking that I don't have time for myself, but when I, am <laughs> when I am being introspective and thinking about everything correctly, it's that I can't do good work starting this company and have a positive impact in the world if I haven't done the personal work first. Mm -hmm. So still making time to meditate, still making time to exercise, to read. That's a big thing. So we are, we're, our company is, we're combining education and personal development. So we want everyone who works for us to be interested in personal development. So that's like a key aspect is always working on yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I try and do that in the mornings. I'll wake up early and I'll, do my personal routine, and then I'll work on Epoch Academy for most of the day, but it's still nice. I mean, I'm I'm my own boss right now, so if I am feeling a little burnt out and overwhelmed, I can take a break. I can go read. I can go meditate. I can do that kind of thing, so Mm -hmm. to answer your question, yes, it's definitely gotten harder to allocate the time to work on myself, but because of our company culture and because of all of the inner work I've done myself, I know that in order to to do good with
1: the company, I need to do good with myself first mm-hmm. yeah it's uh I want to say cash twenty two but yeah. the company is about like self improvement mm-hmm. and uh, being your best being your own best friend and like yeah there's a lot of people that don't have that training it does mm-hmm. take training to yeah. learn you have to learn this stuff like we're not you know we don't just we 're not born with um, the i mean i guess some people but the intuition to Know that you have to be telling yourself these positive things throughout the day to make yourself move forward, keep the train moving. Mm -hmm. And it does take work, but um, honestly, that's incredible what you guys are doing, and I'm excited to see what happens, and it's amazing, inspiring. Congratulations. Can't wait to see what goes, brother. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited. It's going to be a wild ride. It already has been. There we go. We'll
0: We'll get Tim on the podcast
1: absolutely the man we must. is a dreamer and I love it <laughs> dare to dream yeah so that's gonna wrap it up for episode two that was a lot of fun and we're gonna leave you guys with a quote from one of our favorite Russian authors it's Fyodor Dostoevsky who was a author from the 1800s and he said never never lie to yourself don't lie to others but least of all to yourself what do you really care about and love Who are you? One of the very worst self-murdering lies that people tell themselves is that they are no good and have no gift, have nothing important to say. So somebody as influential as Fyodor Dostoevsky, who really did change the world with his writing, was wondering who they were and how they should speak to themselves. So it's something you could always work on and it's a lifelong pursuit. All right, we're live we laugh, baby. To. Let's go. Oh, yeah. All right, so where do we want to start? Well, Just spent about the last couple hours trying to figure out the mic situation. It's 2 o'clock. We're here on a Sunday. Uh, pretty excited. Very excited. To have our first guest on the show, our man Timothy John. Um, yeah, how are we feeling, boys? That's what have so been doing? One, one thing to note is that we,
0: we wanted to start the podcast at 12. That was what we were planning on, and we just had of technical difficulty one after another and I think that's the biggest takeaway for us is that you have a plan and then you try and implement that plan and it's gonna fall apart we we had a broken microphone we had the wrong USB connector we had uh, pure inadequacy on it for me (laughs) in terms of being able to use the computer and it just really goes to show that when you try something new you're gonna have that that struggle that growth period where you get frustrated but when you're frustrated it means that you are growing Good time. We've been laughing, been having a good time, and we made it work. So it's us this thing on the road. And so we're really excited in this episode. This is going to be our first episode with a guest. And so we're bringing you Timothy John. Timothy John is an amazing storyteller. He's a performing artist. He's an all-around great guy. But most of all, he is my business partner. We just founded a nonprofit together. And he's just an he's just an inspiring person who is daring to dream in many aspects of his life. And so he'll tell a little bit more of his story, but recently graduated from Rice and he's made some big decisions to choose what he's passionate what he's passionate about over what society is telling him to do. So we'll turn it over to you, Timothy. Great to have you here, man.
2: Yeah, appreciate it, thanks for having me. And despite all the, all the struggles of getting it going, like we're, we're still getting it going and we're gonna give it our all, so. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah, just, uh, just like give us a little bit of your background. Uh, like as I mentioned, you obviously just graduated and uh, what, what you're up to now.
2: Yeah, so I'm from San Diego, California, uh, born and raised in one of the greatest cities. Then I went all the way out to Houston on a full ride basketball scholarship to Rice University. Uh, there I was the president of the Black Male Leadership Initiative. I got involved with this uh, leadership institute called the Door Institute, where I received executive coaching. And then um, just did a whole bunch of stuff in the community while I was a student athlete. I, I pride myself in trying to do a lot at once and see how much I can take on. And since then, graduation, I had big plans of traveling the, traveling the world, sort of like Vinny. Um, I'd saved up, I had all mapped out, and then COVID happened. And when COVID happened, I was like, okay, all these things that I planned on for all this time are no longer a possibility. And so that took a while, to be honest, to like not recover from that, but like I was definitely shaken up. I was like, okay, what am I doing? I got this online class. Like I was like not motivated. I didn't log in for like three weeks to be honest. But then I started focusing on, okay, what new opportunities present themselves instead of what was taken away. Mm -hmm. And so I uh, always had this dream of creating like a center where you can go and get your whole self developed, right? And then obviously that's evolved into the nonprofit that we're working on right now. But, um, so yeah, since then I've been doing that and going full in. I just got certified as a, as a coach, as a sort of like life leadership coach. And then I'm uh, working on, uh, monetizing some of my other passions, like speaking and, uh,
1: and whatnot. So that's where I'm at right now. It's incredible, man. Great story. And something I've been curious about, you're 22 years old, right? And have you always had this kind of like this drive and passion just to give yourself to everything you're doing? And have you always just been somebody who's, who's dabbled in a bunch of different stuff and kind of, you know, have taken on a lot of responsibility like that?
2: Mm-hmm. So- I think I've always had a lot of like drive. Like I remember the other day I was cleaning out my room and I found a, a mission statement I made when I was like 11 or 12. And it was just always important for me to articulate what it is that I believe, what it is that I stand for because it's easy to forget because the world will tell you you're this, the world will tell you you're that, but you, got, you get to decide who you are and stay true to that. So I've always had that, but as far as like actually going out and doing it, mm-hmm. it's more of a recent thing. It wasn't until I was in college where I had an opportunity. I was involved with this organization called the Black Male Leadership Initiative but I was just kind of a member. I would show up every now and then because they would give us canes and it was free, like right, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And so, and I was like, you know, hey, I'm a student athlete. I got all this time already, um, taken up. But then I decided, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little bit harder on it. I'm gonna like get to know these people. I'm gonna try to do that. And then this guy, uh, one of my mentors, his name is William Edmund. One time he was like, hey man, someone just left the organization. We need someone to help with this event. And he was like, yeah, how about you do it? Like, you've been showing more. And I did it. And when I was taking on that more responsibility, one, not only did I find is I had more time. It made me take my time more seriously. So I was actually more effective in everything I was doing because I had to be. And then the event ended up going very well. I was like, hey, I kind of like this thing. I kind of like organizing an event. I kind of like getting to stay the vision behind it. And then Mm -hmm. I ended up getting more involved and more involved. And that spilled into the things I'm doing now. So it wasn't until I was kind of someone gave me an opportunity and kind of pushed me into it mm-hmm. and then i was like huh you know hey this is okay i can actually do this and i feel like that's continually happening right now starting a business and i know starting chasing your dream is like it's something where you really have to take that leap and at first year it's a struggle but then you're like hey okay what else can i do Okay, hey, what
0: else can I do? Totally. This is coming from a guy, though. I've been to Tim's house, and I've seen he has a picture of what he... You, you, drew, you wrote it on your door when you were nine. Oh, yeah. you, you, wrote, <laughs> you wrote your creed, yeah. and I don't know if you remember it, <laughs> but essentially... Please as, recite your creed. As a nine-year-old, Timothy John wrote like things that I would tell myself today about <laughs> striving to reach your full potential, being the best version of yourself. And I don't know about you, Vinny, but when I was nine years old, I was focused on a little bit of a different...
1: I think it was eating glue out of a sandbox or something. <laughs> uh, Good that, times. Yeah, that's that's amazing, man. And something that me and Greg have been talking about a lot, and like, we're just learning more and more is taking that first step and how important that is to just get the wheels in motion. Like when you look at a big picture at a new project, like I'm sure like EPOG, um, your guys nonprofit. When you see as it, like I'm starting a business, it could be so daunting just to dive in and stuff like that. But just start small with it, like a detail, just start like, just get the wheels in motion basically. And you could be amazed, but just starting with little things, how just things start start falling into place. And it can really just take you so far by kind of having that that mentality. And just whatever you're doing, it can be applied to everything. Um, Starting small and it could really just, just let things happen and try not to get so paranoid and you know look at the big picture and analysis paralysis is what kind of call it Um, but I think that's just like helped me out so much Just kind of diving into this whole new lifestyle and uh, starting business pretty much yeah that's 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 the thing I really
0: really respect about I mean I respect a lot about you but that's that's been the biggest draw of me wanting to spend time with you and work with you and create with you is you are such a big thinker and such a visionary that you have this grand idea in your head and there's nothing out there that's going to stop you. And so for me, it's, it's really easy for me to focus on the details and get hung up on the little things. But when we're working on big ideas for EPOG, it's like, we're doing this. We're going to figure out a way to get there. We're going to figure out who's going to build X, Y, and Z. And I also really like how much thought you put into different aspects of your story. Um, as I mentioned before, you, you identify as a storyteller, which I've seen you. I've seen you tell stories. I've seen you perform live. It's all incredible. Um, but I really like the, the intricate thinking, uh, the thinking you put into the intricate details. And so like one thing you've been talking about recently is how you are s- starting to associate your brand with certain things. Like, tell us a little bit about the shirt you're wearing and kind of what, yeah. that, what that means to you.
2: Yeah, it's more of a subtle thing, but I like to just sometimes I think a lot of people can relate to feeling alienated, you know, and feeling like you're isolated, and especially I think in coronavirus times, like when everyone's quarantined in a way. And then just the way our society is, it's more divisive than ever, you know. And so individuals, I think, feel like it's harder to find your place in this. And, and I think that it speaks to a lot of different people. And plus, I think just space is something that's, like, awesome to explore and there's mystery in it and stuff like that. And so I've always been, even as a little kid, I've always been, like, the one who was nerdy looking up YouTube videos about what's out there in space and how <laughs> planets are. And so this is just about me bringing that childhood aspect of curiosity, exploration, but then also those
0: feelings of sometimes feeling isolated, you know? And so for, for those of you who might be listening, instead of watching, Tim's wearing a a purple tie-dye shirt, but it has a alien, alien symbol on it. And that was like your, your identifying as it's almost making it okay to feel alienated at times. And that what makes you different can make you powerful. What makes you different can be your superpower almost.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I like that perspective. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. cool Yeah,
2: something that you were saying earlier though, one, I appreciate all the compliments, but I wanted to speak to something that you were saying about how we work together and we have different styles. You were saying you get caught up in the weeds and I'm the big picture. But what I'm learning (laughs) now is that everyone just has a different style and different traits. It's not that there's strengths and weaknesses. It's just traits that make up who you are and those traits have positive aspects, and then aspects that could be detrimental. And it's about learning what those are, and it's about how do you capitalize that, and how do you surround yourself with people who can see your blind spot. So for me, I'm big picture, big idea, yeah, let's go do this, but sometimes I'll run over some pitfalls that are important to know. And so you need people who are more in the weeds and the details to be like, okay, hey, we're gonna take over the world, but what are we gonna do about this, right? And at the same time, what you were saying, you appreciated was like, sometimes you're here right here, and not seeing the big picture, and that's where I think I shine right there. And so I, it's been awesome having both of those perspectives. And then also all the other people who have contributed to building EPOG with us has been like helped us make it to where we are now
0: and where we're, where we're headed. Yeah. And so one one more question I have for you is just you're doing very big things, very unusual things for a 22 year old. Who just gradu graduated college attempting
2: big things, but yeah <laughs> uh, you're doing them man you're, you're doing right.
0: them and I just wanted to ask you, especially in the theme of daring to dream, what are some of the big things obviously the, the the nonprofit starting that is huge, and that's a big proponent of what you're daring to dream in, but what are some other avenues of your life that you're you' you're taking a path less traveled and you're doing something that takes a lot of courage hmm.
2: I think I think, honestly, I think one of the most courageous things that you could do is be yourself. In a world that tries to put you in a box, in a world that tries to tell you, you know, you can't say certain things, you can't do anything, it's just be authentically yourself. But then at the same time, being authentically yourself doesn't mean that you just are one way. And I think a lot of times people will put themselves in a box in the name of authenticity. It's about, I think that people are constantly changing constantly waning up and down you know what i mean like how we were coming in we were frustrated putting this light here we closed the door it got hot and we started sweating and that's how we were but that's authentic in that but then also staying authentic to the optimistic aspects of our nature like no we're still going to get it even when it's hard but being honest when you're hurting being honest when you struggle with something and especially as young men I think in 25, we're supposed to have it all together. We're supposed to be like on that right trajectory and all three of us taking a path that's like off that. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people are like, whoa, hey, what are you doing? You know? And then at the same time, there's a level of respect in that too. And I think that because secretly everyone wants to do things their way and secretly everyone, well, not everyone, maybe it's not for everyone, but I think a lot of people have thought about, man, like, I wonder if I pursue that thing that I was really passionate about when I was younger. And we decided that we
1: weren't going to ever ask ourselves that question. Exactly. Takes taking the leap of faith and really throwing yourself into something unknown. And ultimately, it is about being your most authentic self. And that's like just been, that's opened the floodgates basically for me. Like when I left my last job and pretty much put my full time into writing, it's like, wow, I've never even gotten like this close to knowing. This part of myself. Mm. like When I started writing, it was kind of just like a snowball effect. I was writing about what I was going through, the experience, mm. being as vulnerable as possible. And that's just like, kind of snowball just keeps going. And I feel like I'm kind of, I could be my best self. And, and that's my most authentic self. But the question I have for you is kind of, do you ever feel like there's pressure to be that person that's different? Or that's not almost fitting in? Is the pressure to be that authentic person that's like just a leader and doing all this like courageous stuff do you ever feel like you want to just like disappear for a little bit
2: that's that's very interesting you bring that up because like pretty much my whole life i was like that so obviously you guys can't tell they can't tell because i'm sitting down i'm 6 8 right and i'm dark skinned and i'm a lot taller than all of my family members even in my own family so i stand out when we're walking together like okay one of them is different than the rest right and so like even since a young age, people could tell I was tall for my age and I would get looks all the time. At like 11 or 12, 13, anywhere we went, oh, hey, do you play basketball? Do you play basketball? And I would get all this attention and like I'm just like an insecure like 13, 13-year-old kid at the time and I wouldn't like all that attention and sometimes I wish I could just blend in, right? I was often, I was the only African-American. In a lot of my schools, like I went to private schools growing up and I knew that there was obvious things about me that made me different, right? And so I used to fight that and I used to, I used to not wanna. Um, I used to not want that attention, but then I learned. Hey, I can't avoid it. Mm-hmm. So, how can I change how I'm thinking about this? At first, I was thinking that oh, they're looking at me because I'm different, or I was using it as an opportunity to think about how I'm isolated or how I don't fit in, rather than thinking about how like, if I embrace who I am, then that's a positive, right? Mm-hmm. And so, started to, one funny thing. I actually used to do is when people would look at me, I would start to think, oh, they think I'm. They think I'm attractive. They think I'm <laughs> <attractive>. they <laughs> Right? Because I would never know, right? But I would tell myself that. And I responded differently. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Puffing your chest yeah, out. A little in bit. Day. You know, f- whatever chest I had. But, yeah. So, yeah. One thing. I want to flip it back on you, though. I know you were talking about writing and how you use it as a self-expression tool. Like, how did you find writing?
1: So, funny enough, um, give you a synopsis of my kind of story. Um, so, in high school, I was... Um, in high school broadcasting yeah. and I was, I was in the journalism class but never wrote a story through all of high school. I just like, stuck to the broadcasting and it was pretty, I had a good time doing it. Um, it was fun so I'm just like, I'll be a journalism major in college. Didn't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, did journalism in college. I hated it the whole time. I'm just like, this is not what I want to do. I hated interviewing people and I just realized, I'm just like, I definitely don't want to be a news reporter. Like, I don't want anything to do with it. And so after college, I'm like, damn, I just spent like four years dedicated to this major and this whole life that I just don't really enjoy. And, but I was learning the like, skills to write and putting together stories. And after college, I uh, just had a couple different jobs, just like working at clothing stores and interior design. And I just started writing on Medium, like I've talked about in the past. And I uh, just started like, writing about what I was going through. and being vulnerable and just questioning like what what am I supposed to do and I also found that after I go on trips and like on trips I really enjoyed writing about those trips the travel writing mm-hmm. like, wow like if I could do this like this would be like this is what I want to yeah. do with my life
2: what about what about that writing though what about that is what makes you feel like you come alive
1: yeah it's a great question I just love the creative aspect of it um just in journalism I felt like it wasn't very creative it was just writing a story about a person, current events and stuff, Mm. and I wanted nothing to do with that. But then I started just describing, like, my travel experiences and what it, the looks, the look of a place, the smell of a place, Mm. just, like, the feel of being there. I just love to capture that essence of, like, a a new city. And I love more than anything just to be in a new city and just, like, cruising around with my camera, snapping pictures of people and just the culture and just kind of trying to capture that vibe. Mm. And... I found just like so much joy in writing about that. And then so my plan was to go to Japan and uh, teach English and then do travel writing on the side, but that'd be like my main focus. And so yeah, like you were saying, when coronavirus happened, it's just like, damn, well that's that's not happening now. Like it's mm-hmm. gonna be at least another year and a half or whatever. And so just refocusing basically the whole, you know, trajectory right now yeah. and what we're doing. But
2: do you feel like when this really takes off? and then things open for travel, mm-hmm. do you think that you would consider doing this? Or would it be harder? Yeah, w- what would win in that battle if you had to choose?
1: I think it's it's all gonna kind of blend together. You know, it's definitely something I'm thinking about. But um, I just started pursuing a master's degree in uh, nonfiction, creative writing, and hopefully get that down in like a year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm aiming for. So I think that's just to keep getting better at writing and. Um, that'll only benefit like travel writing and just everything I want to do. But I think it, it's all gonna kinda of just work together. Like I, I know I'm gonna to wanna to be traveling the world a lot and this brand is all about daring to dream and that's my dream and to be able to work those in together and keep this up and while well, also travel writing and just it's awesome. honestly just about writing and living the experience. Like I've I've said that I don't live to write I write to better understand living mm. that's like kind of what mm. I live in my oh, life okay. by because you know like writing is what I love but why I love it is because it's an expression of life and I find like just so much joy and the beauty of every day and really living and spending time with my best friends and so that's I love writing about that kind of stuff yeah, and that's awesome yeah that's awesome. long-winded yeah. but
0: <laughs> what about you uh, let me let me I just okay, want to yeah, say one sure. one thing on that real quick is that what I think is interesting is you talk about how you studied journalism and you were doing all these classes and learning these skills of interviewing people that you didn't really enjoy and you didn't really know if you were going to utilize them and so when you graduated you felt like damn I just wasted not wasted but I didn't I didn't spend four years learning what I was supposed to do maybe mm-hmm. but now now you realize that when you do find what you're really passionate about that it was directly correlated to the journalism and that was like those were the steps giving you the tools in order to become who you needed to become and that just is really resonating with me because I just wrote an article the other day about how for me I was using personal development as a coping mechanism almost for for working jobs that I didn't like. I I was working an entry-level job when I first graduated college. And I had so much energy and ambition and drive, and I wanted to just put that into my job, put a dent in the universe and actually like, make people's lives better. And I wasn't able to do that there, so I, I figured that I could change myself faster than I could change my job. And so mm-hmm. I took all that energy and I, I put it back into myself and I started reading, writing, meditating, really working on myself. And now that I am here three and a half years later and I quit my job to start a personal development company with you, Tim, it's just crazy that I was, I was searching for my passion and my purpose the whole time. And yet it was right there in front of me. It was what I was doing every day when I had free time. And so that's what I think is a big takeaway for people listening is think about what you do in your free time. Like when you get up in the morning on a Saturday and you have time to just spend on your own, like, what is it that you're doing? What are the things that really make you feel alive and full of energy? And think about how you can, Turn that into more of a way of living than just focusing on, you know, what's going to make me the most money at first.
1: Yeah,
2: I think that's I think it something that's key that you said there was you were already doing the things that you feel like were your purpose. And Mm -hmm. I really think that I don't know why we do it this way, but we we use the language. You got to find your purpose. And I think that I think that's the wrong way to think about it. I think that a useful way to think about it is you decide to live on purpose. You know, everyone's mm-hmm. born. No one has to be born. But at some point, you got to make a decision like, okay, I'm going to live on purpose. And what that means is I'm going to strive to do the best that I can and, and make an impact, right? And once you do that, you'll realize that you treat the things that you're already doing differently. And then you'll, dis- you'll discover like, oh, wait, writing is a tool to inspire people. Because I'm, I want to I wanna reach my full potential, mm-hmm. and that's inspiring. So now when I write, this can actually helpful for someone else right? And then so you develop it, right? And then you discover your destiny. It's like you decide, you develop, and then you discover your destiny. Because once you develop it, now you're at a point where you have mastery, then now you can discover your destiny. Now opportunities open up because you've crafted a skill Mm -hmm. of value.
1: Totally. And I completely agree that, you know, I think everything happens for a reason. And like I said before, like, I thought that journalism was like, I just wasted four years of my life doing this. But I Hundred percent knows for a reason, mm. and everything we do is just a stepping stone, and just taking it kind of a day by day by day, and focusing on what you're doing now, and you know that's that's all you really gotta do. Just focus on today. Like I'm a big proponent of like every day is to be utilized, and every day is beautiful, and yeah, I kind of think about what you're doing, and you know everything's a stepping stone to kind of the next next best thing. Mm. And once you decide, once you just even if it's the wrong
0: decision, once you decide to do something and put yourself out there and start honing those skills, that's and you start becoming more authentic and honest about what you like, that's when the world just opens up. That's how I met you. I would never have met you if I wasn't in an online class that required me to post my mission and my life purpose and what I wanted to do to a group of strangers on Facebook. That took a lot of courage on my part, and that's how we ultimately got connected. And as soon as you are honest and authentic about who you are, what you want to do, what you enjoy doing and the people you want to be around. It's like, it's like the universe or some, some force starts conspiring to just bring these opportunities and open these doors in your life. And that's what I think has been the biggest eye opener for me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I know I like, a lot of times we like thinking the things in terms of like a destiny and God and all that, but also studying psychology, I realized it's true on a lot of different levels like, we have this part of our brain called the particular activator system. And it's the reason why when you drive your car around, mm-hmm. you see different models of your car, like, all the time. Right. Like, when you first get your car. It's not that as soon as you got that car, everyone else started getting the car. It's that now it's relevant to you because you're seeing it every day. You need to find it in a parking lot. So what happens is when you think about your purpose and you think about those things, that same mechanism in your brain now identifies things that are going to help you. That's why setting goals is so effective. Because you tell yourself and you're so conscious, hey, this is what's important to me. And so it starts to find resources, and then you'll think about, oh, wait, I already know someone who's doing this. Let me, reset, let me hit mm-hmm. them up, right? Or it's like, okay, my goal is to then be healthy. Now I'm driving around. Oh, I'm hungry. And I see the junk food spot I used to go to. I'm like, ah, nah, because your brain is now tuned. That's not going to help you to your goals. So it's actually very practical, and it's even scientifically back to, like, the best thing to do is to set your goals and set a high vision because then you're going to tune your brain to the highest thing possible. Like, why would you
1: not do that? Mm-hmm. It's a great point, I, some, like goal setting, I was kind of telling you about this earlier, it hasn't always been my strong suit, mm-hmm. I think partially because I was scared before to think about that big of a picture. Mm-hmm. I was scared even to look from like a year in the future, I'm like, ah, I, 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 you know, I'm not yeah. loving what I'm doing right now, I, don't even, I can't even imagine what I'm getting, probably gonna doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, but once I like, started asking myself the, like, the hard questions, like what do I really want to be doing in a year, and it was always, I always had in the back of my mind, traveling and writing is becoming more and more what yeah. i want to be doing and when i like just kind of stopped kidding myself i was able to dive all in and but yeah goal setting is is huge yeah. and definitely something that um it does like hone in to what you know you are uh i don't know what i'm trying to say here, yeah that's no, all good something <laughs> you said earlier
2: is uh you said you had all these fears and whatnot for sending them. Where are those fears now?
1: Um, honestly it's been changed a lot since now that I you know, I've accepted that this is what I really want to do. Mm-hmm. I dared to dream and put my, put everything I have into this new lifestyle of going after what I really want. Now I'm able to see the future with like um, as a blank canvas and I'm really able to create whatever I want. And honestly it's just like once I changed my mindset and saw my future as that, it's things are just like happening in our lives, I feel like just naturally. Like we're creating this publication together on Medium where are called the Dare to Dream publication now. And for some reason, like in the beginning, when I started writing on Medium, I just didn't really think of make, making my own publication. It was It's all about um, submitting your stories into like the big publications. You want to be seen, but, at a certain point, like, I was, I was sending all these stories into, like, the, the top publications, and you weren't went here back for, like, two weeks, get denied a ton, and i like, why don't we just, like, a week ago, I'm just like, why don't we just make our own, like, dare to dream. That's what, that's what we've been doing here, and it's a place for me and Greg to both document our journey, and it just feels, like, natural now, and, like, I'm just so excited to see where that goes, and things just kind of are starting to fall in place when you open up your mind to, like, what can happen once you stop kidding yourself pretty much.
0: One thing that I wanted to say that's been interesting is it taking pieces from what you guys both said is one the importance of writing goals and the importance of figuring out what you want. And hmm. it's easy to say just go sit down and figure out what you want, but in today's society it's actually pretty hard, I think. At least it was for me personally to figure out what I want because you have Netflix telling you you want one thing, you have movies telling you want another, you have the internet and all of the news saying you need, you need, you need, you need to buy all this stuff. Mm. We need external things to fix us. So you have that aspect. And then you have social media that's constantly bombarding you with images of people who look like they have perfect lives or this new gadget that you need that's going to make you feel more comfortable or be better at X, Y, or Z. And so it's honestly pretty difficult to figure out what it is that you want with, with all of these external things impacting us, yeah. and I bring this up, I'm trying to take it full circle, because there's, there's one thing that I really do want to hear from you, Tim, and it's, I'll give you a little background on it, so so Tim is making this this mini-series called Devices, and it's, it's and correct me if I'm wrong, it's a mixture of spoken word, and music, and storytelling, yeah. and I'll, I'll just let you speak to it. That's probably best. Oh, no, yeah. No, <laughs> no, I chat. wanted to adjust what you brought up, yeah. though. Yeah. I think
2: that was a very interesting point about how technology impacts how you decide what it is that, what it is that you want. Because a lot of times, people, we, we're more focused on our limitations than our opportunities. So that when you remove a limitation, sometimes people are like, oh, wait. I haven't thought about it this far because all this time I had this thing that I was doing that was keeping me from pursuing this arbitrary dream or goal but now that it's gone it's like, okay what do I do Yeah. and so seeing things like algorithms that show you what you've already shown if you're trying to change it's just reinforcing old patterns and old behaviors so that's, a, that's an insight that I hadn't thought of but I think that to bring it full circle about devices is just a series it might end up being an album wink wink and uh uh <laughs> It's just about technology, not just technology, but just a lot of things in our culture, I think, just aren't set up for us to win. There's a fight for our attention, and it draws you everywhere. And to be successful, now more than ever, if you're able to get in flow, and you're able to be focused, and you're able to prioritize, you can really excel. Because the technology that's there, like, things are getting cheaper, things are getting, like, the tools we have are, like... Even better, like, we just del- downloaded a free software, DaVinci Resolve. It's really high-quality, like, video editing. Mm-hmm. But before, that would have been, like, 500 bucks to get it. So, like, for creatives and people doing what we're doing, it's easier than ever. But at the same time, it's harder to focus than ever. And so I know when you quit your job, you don't, have to, you don't have to clock in at this time. You don't have lunch at this time. You don't have deadlines. It's all on you. So even though it's more freedom than ever, you have to be more disciplined than ever. But once you have that, I think the sky's the limit.
1: Totally. And... I think, I, I really resonate with that because my, like, I just call it, like, noise. Like, there's so much noise telling us what we should be, what we mm-hmm. should be doing, what we should be watching, what we should look like, and I'm just trying to simplify as much as possible. Like, I know that that's really partially, it's a big part, not partially, um, why I love writing. It's like this, this archaic, you know, medium that's been around since the beginning of time and it's never changed. It's just like an immediate connection between yourself and the outside world and like i love just like being in nature or just you know out in the world and just having nothing but my pen and like a book and that's like all i really i really need to be happy i'm like i don't need all this other stuff even though society tells you you need this stuff mm. and i don't need all these you know false aspirations to be happy i don't like what is success and it's something we talk about a lot like, what are kind of changing our mindset to what success really means to us. And simplifying, yeah, technology as much as possible in our lives has really helped to focus on what you, what you love and what you want to go after. Because then, without the noise, you can like, focus on what's really inside of you and giving that inner voice a voice to you know, come out in the world and yeah. um, kind of see where you go from there. Sweet.
0: And now is the time with all of the technological advancements, like you said, Tim. We have access to so much. It's it's it really is a double-edged sword as you said. You can you can use it to achieve so much more now than than we would have been able to years ago. Mm-hmm. But if you aren't extremely intentional with how you're using technology and how you're using all of these other things that can be quote-unquote vices, they can they can destroy you really quickly. Yeah. And so that's why that's why you you sent over your your spoken word. You sent over the lyrics and I think there's so many so many pieces of that that are just really really bring out the emotion of what is going on for young people these days, all of the distractions and addictions and all of the things out there that are that are trying to grab our attention. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's something you want to perform. Yeah. Or okay, awesome. Yeah, let's do it. Yes, that's <laughs> awesome.
2: <want to laughs> so fighting to be focused, multitasking this bogus, this phone that I've been holding, remote control, my emotions. Hopeless, nope, it's just gonna be difficult. Flooded with distractions, adonia, are miserable, dopamine hits, they happen unpredictable, so we get addicted to scrolling and it's intentional, plus we think it's free, but the fee we pay is attention, minus any suspicion, because we don't pay attention, our focus is so divided, they're hiding their true intentions, multiplying their business, the news feeds off of tension, misinforming the public with bias disguises wisdom, confirmation bias supplied by algorithms. Not to mention, just redownloaded downloaded my Tinder swiping, swiping. Ooh, match. Now I'm sliding in her mentions, but if they get to the tripping, we just start swiping again because it's hard to be content with all these options. We don't never gotta pick or make decisions, but it's awful because we hardly make commitments. I'm convinced that we're just products of these products that we purchased, and I'm honestly addicted to the feeling. Makes me feel like I'm the man, so I'm back at it again And I'ma really buy my business when you go on my LinkedIn But I be putting up a front, only show you what I want I'm subconscious about my life sometimes, don't feel like I'm enough Man, I swear I'm just gonna unplug But I don't, I call my bluff, cause I'm scared of missing out Cause it gives me some connection, plus I'm trying to get more clout Social currency, that's my follower amount If I'm really cashing out, I get a check on my account that never bounced I think a lot of us feel the same, we do deep down. I'm not complaining, I just think we need to change the way that we're thinking about, our devices. You ask me how? Sitting on the couch, the time ticks and it talks, but when's the last time you went outside for a walk and left your phone inside, just you, yourself, and your thoughts, cause usually that's when I find that lately, I'm feeling lost. On the go, 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 pedal, pedal, never break, hold up, wait. Have you ever thought to stop and meditate? You don't gotta levitate. Just take a couple minutes deep breaths to keep your head on straight to face the day at full tank. Studies show that it's proven to lower angst and that's what it's gonna take because our focus is under attack and we don't stand a chance if we aren't at full strength. Wow.
1: Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. A lot of questions about that. How... When did you get into a like, rapping called Spoken Word, right? Yeah. Tell me a little word. about that.
2: I mean... When I was really young, then I'll just keep it short, but when I was really young, I had like, trouble expressing my emotions and I would lash out in different ways. And I just found that when I wrote, particularly in rhyme or poems, I was able to express myself. And I felt, it wasn't that I needed to be heard, I just needed to express myself fully and I could do that on a page. So regardless if I had someone to talk to, regardless if I knew someone would hear me, I knew that if I articulated it precisely, I could then put it out there. But then being a kid and being a guy, I got to call it raps, but I really, it's poem, it's poetry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, my style kind of goes in and out from rap and poems. Gotcha.
0: I have so many things I want to say, so I'm just going to unload them. (laughs) First, for those of you listening, I can't believe you just, I don't know if that was three minutes, just completely from memory, just perfectly, perfect cadence. It's amazing that you can not only remember all of that, but just speak it. And like, you bring so much emotion and character to it. And I've I've seen you perform live before, and I think that's what one of the things I love most is. Okay, there's a lot of things. The first okay. is that the message is so spot on. It's very contemporary, and it's addressing all of these things that we are thinking about, but might not be vulnerable enough to say. It. But then how you say it is the best because you'll 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 say one line where you're flexing, like you say, uh, you can like I'm all about my business. You can check out my link, my LinkedIn. But then like right after that, you like change your tone of voice and you like talk about how you sometimes feel aren't enough. And you bring that, it's like multiple people performing. And that is just, it's so cool to listen to. And I really like how you also, then you bring it and get introspective and ask those questions. And there's so much to talk about there, but I think it is to bring it back to what we were talking about with, with social media. It's like, you can put out this figure that looks so confident and so sure of what they're doing, but on the inside, you can be scared and have all these doubts and fear.
1: Totally. Bouncing off that, yeah, it's awesome how it, it does go from like verse to verse, like the out the extrovert who's like, this is who I am on social media, and then this is when I feel like the most lost, and in, inside, like I'm really, I have these questions like everybody has, and like we're living on this, we're living through the screen, and these personas that we put out there, but you know, what, what are we really feeling, and how do we kind of connect on that inner level of like, what are we should we really be putting out there because it can be used both ways like social media and technology obviously um, you know we're trying to be as vulnerable as possible and show who we really are and it is a big thing to build a personal brand and show your most authentic self but it's hard not to get caught up in it and like you really want you know just as much as you try everybody wants to like be loved and be accepted on social media so it's, it's like a, it's a tough thing for sure but captured Beautifully, my man. Yeah,
2: I appreciate it. I appreciate all that. And that was, that was very insightful for you guys. I like hearing people's impact on it. I try not to try to describe it myself because everyone can get something different. But the, the thing is, it's like, it's so counterintuitive. Or not counterintuitive. It's so hypocritical, I guess, because I want to advance that. And I want more people to hear it. Mm-hmm. So where are they going to listen to it? On social media. Right. So I just dropped uh, the first part of the Devices series. And I was on Instagram more than I ever am. Because I'm checking, oh, who's commenting, who's seeing it, how's, how was it doing right now? Da, da 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 And I'm just like, wait, the whole thing is about how, yeah, right yeah. and it's so funny, but you have to play the game, Same. right? And yeah. I, I since took a little Instagram break, but then I have to go back and check because some people hit me up, some people don't have my number, and they're friends I just talk to, or they're out of the country and they use different apps, right? And so mm-hmm. it's, it's so it's so interesting how, how close it is. I don't think we have like a great alternative and it's like how do we what's the proper way to integrate social media into your life right you know and especially when you throw on the business part like where's this podcast going to be watched right online so i can't i can't tear down social media as this evil thing it's not it's mm-hmm. not especially so cool. not during covid i've connected with friends the fact that i know what my high school friends are up to on a daily
0: basis like that's cool perhaps right totally and i mean it's it's what introduced us but i think one yeah. i think if i had to pick like one aspect of your spoken word that i like the most is that, well, there's two things. One is, I think it's hilarious how you like work in the like, oh, research shows like X, Y, and Z. Like, I love that because you studied psychology and you and I are very into personal development and being evidence-based. I loved how you slid that in. And that that goes to the other point. It's that you, you call, you identify the issue, then you talk about how it's affecting you. And then at the end, you're saying how to solve it. So you talk about, have you ever gone outside and been on a walk? Have you ever tried to meditate? And you're saying the research shows that it's really beneficial. And I really like and respect that you're doing that. You're not just sitting here talking bad about something and pointing out all the flaws. You're actually spending the time to figure out a solution for it and being an advocate of the positive solution. And then also how you just said that social media isn't all bad. Like we need it to advance what we're trying to do. Totally.
1: And do you, do you find that when you can, how do you really just unplug totally from social media? And when you do, do you feel like you, you get like angsty or anything, or do you feel like it, it is really helpful to your ultimate mission?
2: Hmm. Yeah. That's a good question. There's two parts, two parts to that question. One, I think when you get, when you stop, especially if you haven't stopped in a while, if you've never stopped, when you realize how often you check your phone. Because the app's not there anymore. Normally you check your phone and you open it as, com- as impulse and then suddenly you're in that space. But when you do it, you check your phone, you're like, wait, why did I pick up my phone? Because you don't see the app anymore. So that triggers there and you're like, wait, and you do that very often. And then you realize after a while, a couple of days, you don't miss it. And not only that, you're actually happier. So one of the things that I mentioned is called an- anhedonia mm-hmm. and it's a term that not a lot of people know about. We, we didn't
0: know what that was. Yeah, I didn't so, ask you. <laughs> yeah. So
2: anhedonia is the mental state of not being able to derive pleasure from anything. Mm-hmm. And so recently I've done some research on dopamine and you know how with alcohol, if you're someone who drinks a lot, you build up a tolerance. So you need to drink more to feel that same buzz. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of times dopamine, which is the pleasure or motivation hormone in your brain actually works the same. You can build up dopamine tolerance. And so the way our society is set up is everything is highly dopamine inducing. Because if I am making an advertisement and I want you to buy my product, I need to make you feel something. And so everything's targeted for that. The way that the social media apps are built are so that you stay on it and you stay constantly stimulated, right? And just even just the culture, party culture, all that, we're constantly flooding ourselves with dopamine. And so it's the equivalent of you go outside and stare at the sun for several seconds and then go in a dark room and try to look. You Mm -hmm. can't see what's there like because you're overstimulated it could be beautiful art but you you won't be able to process it even though you're there and so in the same way anhedonia will do that to a lot of different things and the thing is the behaviors and the habits that lead to long-term success right that lead to those long-term delayed gratification are low dopamine inducing mm. and so what happens is when your tolerance is up here i'll never feel motivated to read in the morning and to get up at five you know what i mean 5 30 like like g right And sometimes even exercising, right? But exercising has its own dopamine once you get into it. But Mm -hmm. it's like what I've learned to do to answer the second part of your question is how do I detach from that Mm -hmm. is I'll have very, very, very boring days, right? And so I'll like put my phone away a little bit more. I'll just go read. I won't, I won't uh, do anything that's really highly stimulating and just kind of just chill because then it lowers your tolerance again. And then you'll find that if you're just having a really boring day, then like, anything will be stimulation so read that book and do that thing that you've been putting off and you'll find you'll actually have more motivation in that and so that's been a strategy for me it's called dopamine uh detox there's a lot of videos out there and i would encourage people to look into it just to understand
1: it a little bit more it's super interesting i think it kind of applies to just um you know about kaizen it's the philosophy japanese philosophy of getting one percent better every day as opposed to just total uh Mm -hmm. personal development just flipped on its head all at once because then that it's almost like getting so much dopamine and then getting cut off and then so much and cut off it's over long term for personal development or for anything if you want to get better start small start with the details and try to implement it little by little in your life and maybe these little hits of dopamine and you know cutting back a little bit on the like social media and everything every day and you know, taking things slow, basically, is is what I'm trying to do in my life. Because, like you said, I have those days, too, that seem really boring. And But then I'm like, oh, I'm excited to, like, write this next article tomorrow. And, like, I get up the next day and I'm, like, I'm fired up again. And so it definitely is a balance of, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there. But I think balance is, like, something I'm really trying to work on in my life much more.
2: How do you create balance in your life?
1: Um, I think it's just fostering like a, a mindset that's um well first of all for kind of my, mindfulness stuff uh big walker I love taking walks every day i try to get outside and put the phone away or i'll just like put on an airplane mode and listen to a podcast or an audiobook or mm-hmm. music a lot too love yeah. music yeah, the podcast. music's important listen to the own podcast yeah. just over <laughs> and over uh, but yeah big walks and journaling like i, I mm-hmm. definitely separate journaling from like my writing um like Writing articles and stuff. Like journaling, I see as, and I really can't say it enough that I think everybody should journal. um It's just like everything that's in my mind, I think, should just go on the page. Like, I'm not trying to create structure or anything. I'm just like letting out what I'm really feeling. because like with stories, I could like get on myself or like, you know, trying to create a great story and structure and great intro, all that stuff. But like, journaling is just like thoughts on the page. And that's just like the ultimate release for me. And that's actually how I started getting into writing. It's like how I, Felt really connected to it just through journaling. Um, Those are like journaling, writing, reading. Like my my big or writing, walking, reading. Like my big mindfulness kind of just like heavy hitters every day.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I feel like I need to hop in and answer this too, even though you didn't ask me, because (laughs) balance is one thing that I've struggled with so much. I'm a very binary person. I'm either on or I'm off, and if I decide that I want to try a new diet or a new way of living it's like i'm starting right now and i'm never going back to the old way and it works for a month or two months but then i end up burning out because i'm Mm. being so extreme about everything and this this past week was tough for me just as i've mentioned before starting a business starting to become a writer and do a podcast like there's a lot of ups and downs and last week for whatever reason was i was feeling a little bit more down and so i started analyzing things that I was doing that were making me unhappy. Mm-hmm. And one of them was this, this concept of should. I kept telling myself repeatedly over and over throughout my day, unconsciously, how things should be going. So I woke up and the voice would instantly be there and say, you should have woken up earlier. You should have woken up earlier. Mm-hmm. And then I'd start reading a book and it would be like, you should be doing this other thing. Mm-hmm. Like you should have already read three books by now. And then I'd go start working on EPOG and it's just like constantly, um, my, this inner voice is telling me how things should be different. And it's so unhelpful because the task at hand, like for EPOG, I was working on something and it was hard. It was like, I was having trouble writing this one sentence and the voice was saying, this should be easier. Why can't you do this better? And that voice, whatever my internal voice says, isn't going to actually change the sentence I write, but it can make me feel a lot worse. And so if I'm constantly throughout the day, just thinking like, I should do this, I should do that. It takes away from actually being in that present moment and enjoying the activity that I'm doing. Because when you compare what you're currently doing to what you should be doing, if you're doing better than you think you should be doing, you'll feel good. Or you honestly won't even feel that good. You'll just be like, okay, I'm, I'm where I should be. I'm on par. Yeah. But if you're like, Dang, I should be over here, but I'm doing way worse. Then you feel terrible and it's a spiraling mm, effect. Definitely.
2: So going back to that time, then let's say you were writing that sentence and that inner critic is being very loud right now. It's saying like, you should this you should be better at this. You should be what it what do you do then in your, in that situation? Because a lot of our listeners probably have that internal voice too. I've had it. I, I think it's normal. Every day. So what do you what do you do then differently? What do you tell yourself?
0: Yeah, and so it's really I'm like one week into this. It's just trying to this this sounds counter and counterproductive but essentially just think less just do mm-hmm. it just write that sentence don't think about how it should be compared to whatever preconceived notion you had and just do it like go through an entire day just doing things and not thinking about not criticizing yourself constantly and so that that's been the big thing for me is trying to overthink less and just mm-hmm perform more just and not perform in terms of achievement oriented but just like do tasks
2: just the taking the action that's the good old nike slogan just right, do it. sponsor just us do it. But, um, <laughs> no is a um just do it you know and I, I agree i think there's some wisdom to that too it's just not making it perfect first and that's something that i've been trying to learn too starting an enterprise starting a whole bunch of new things like when you start anything you're novice and the more you know the more you realize what you don't know mm-hmm. so the crazy thing about growth and progress is like the further along the curve you go, the further you realize you have to go right. because there's higher heights and you aim higher. But I think it's important to acknowledge that. And so sometimes just writing a crappy sentence, because then now all you have to do is make a crappy sentence better. That's easier than writing a perfect sentence. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Writing a crappy sentence is easy. And then making a crappy sentence better is easier than that. So when you break it down into steps like that, I've found for me, it's helpful to just, OK, you know what? I'm getting caught up right here. Let me put something out. Let me learn from it. Let me adjust. Because then I'm reinforcing, okay, boom. And I'm not attaching the outcome to my success. And it has nothing to do with my personal worth. What it is, is sometimes with music. I've have, I had have a lot of songs I've written for years, right? And I think they're really good, but I haven't put them out. And so my thing is, when you put yourself out, especially when it's vulnerable, you feel like you're putting part of yourself out there to be judged. How many likes, how many comments... Are they going to judge this very intimate thing about me, right? Mm-hmm. But instead, making the success be that I put it out, that I spoke my truth, and that I did my best. And for me, that's taken off so much of the pressure because I asked myself, okay, was I truthful? Was I honest? Was I authentic to, my, to who I am? And did I do my best? I can always control that. I can always control the outcome. But if I'm consistently doing that, the outcome is going to take care of itself.
1: 100%. I couldn't agree more with that. Like What I've, I've learned in writing so much, it's like writing a medium, it's when I feel like I'm about 90% done with the story, like I know it could be a little bit better, but I'm like, I've been working on it for like three or four days, I'm like, I just wanna move on. There comes a certain time where I gotta just put it out there, I know I, I gave it everything I had, I said what I wanted to say, and it feels like me, and it's not mm-hmm. my control of what how people are gonna be affected by it. And a lot of my stories that like, I've tailored to these big publications, and I think they're gonna be like, huge hits, yeah. but, Like the ones that don't do very well, and the ones where it's just like, where I enjoyed about, the ones, the stories I enjoyed writing the most, where it was like, the story about the backpacking trip, was like my most successful one, hmm. where I was just like, I just loved writing about like the experience and the essence of being out in nature. That's the one that people really connected with the most, because they could, but I assume they, they felt like it was really me speaking hmm. it.
2: Where can I find that one?
1: It's all on Medium. Um, it's all on my website too, Okay. but that one is called stillness of the forest brought clarity to my soul. Okay, there you go. Shameless <laughs> wow. plug. I, yeah, I like that, wow, thing. yeah, I gotta
2: read it after that title. <laughs> there we yeah, go. So.
1: But it's all, all about just, just starting. Like, I just, now, initially for like stories, I just throw like whatever thoughts, it's basically like journaling, I just throw everything on the page and then it's just like editing from there and it kind of yeah, just grows just refined. Yeah. With, with everything we do, I think. Mm-hmm. It's huge. And people can really tell, I like what you said, is be honest,
0: authentic, and truthful and do your best people can tell when you when you're doing that and you're bringing that to the table versus someone who's almost trying too much they're trying to do too much and be someone who they who isn't authentic to them you can you can really tell just as human beings if someone is coming with a authentic story and that's really all you can do is just show up and do your best and then the rest is out of your control and because the rest is out of your control like you better have fun showing up and being yourself yeah.
2: exactly yeah and then that's the thing that the one thing that being a student-athlete has taught me is that like 99% of the time that you spend is practice. Like we practice, 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 lift, 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 prepare, prepare, film, film, travel, travel, travel. That's the bulk of it. The very slim level is you actually playing the game. And then an even smaller component of that is you winning the game, right? And so just think about it. It's this tiny, tiny, tiny sliver of winning and there's all this of process. And so that's why you hear cliches like trust the process. You gotta love the process. Mm-hmm. But think about it away from the cliche. You're saying, okay, where am I spending my time, right? If I'm only gonna allow myself to feel happiness when we win right. for a brief moment, because you have another game two days later, you only experience this much of the happiness, right? And so if you're loathing the process, then that's gonna impact the outcome. But if you learn, okay, to love it in practice, you know, okay, I gotta go. I'm gonna. gonna be. I'm gonna work super hard. I'm gonna be. Enthusiastic. I'm gonna cheer up my teammates because when you cheer others up, you actually get more energy. Mm-hmm. And when you make it in the process, then this whole thing, regardless of the outcome, is now where you're deriving the pleasure from, right? That's kind of where I got the name EPOG from, the enjoyable pain of growth. Learning to embrace that, that growth process, the painful part. It came from my sports background. But then, then you have the wins and losses. What happens is when you're loving this and you're going hard in this, you're actually gonna increase the amount of wins that you have, anyways.
1: Exactly. And you look at all the top athletes and, um, it's all about the process. Like you, I think I talked about this in the first podcast, but David Goggins, um, yeah. just an animal, uh, you could go over his accolades and whatnot, but he basically, one of them was, he set the, the world record for pull-ups and he was just saying like, he did it like four times. He did like 5,000 pull-ups or something in like a day. And, uh, he had to do it like four times, but like once he actually achieved it, it didn't even really matter to him he, like he he could really care less he was just looking to already the next accomplishment that mm-hmm. he was gonna go for because he loved more than anything and what just changed his life was the process of getting better mm-hmm. because he had he took so much out of them to become who he wanted to be and it was such an incredible process that he is somebody who cherished the project process more than anything
2: yeah one one thing that's interesting that you brought up I actually randomly found a, a David Goggins clip on Instagram yesterday, so it's not all bad, right? But then also like, the fact that he did like those seventeen thousand push uh, pull ups and then moved on yeah. right away. A lot of people were like, "Whoa, hey, let yourself feel happy." Mm-hmm. But he, that's what he's doing. Yeah, the uh, pursuing the next thing is what makes him happy. It's the it's the process of a goal, and then bringing in psych- psychology too. Like your brain produces dopamine when it realizes that you are progressing towards a goal, not necessarily when you attain it. When you attain it, you get a quick burst. That's right. it. But what it is, is as you notice you're getting closer, your brain's like, oh, we're getting there, we're getting there, we're getting there. And you actually start to enjoy it more, that's when you get momentum. So actually, it makes sense. You actually experience more pleasure when you have that goal. That's why it's good to have like a big overarching goal so you always have that process and then have benchmarks so that you know that you're getting there. And that's the kind of the practicality behind goal setting. I think a lot of people just think it's like, oh, it's cool some people do that. It's like, it. you actually experience more pleasure neurologically speaking if you set it up like this and that's the way that you're perceiving what
0: you're doing yeah and having a goal it doesn't necessarily need to be something you achieve you should set big goals that are so audacious that you might not achieve them but yeah. it gives you a direction to work yeah. towards it gives you it's, it can be your guiding light almost as you as you become a better version of yourself you're moving in that direction mm-hmm. and I really like what you said about how like when you achieve your goal you might have that instant hit of dopamine you might feel good for a couple of days but then Immediately once you achieve that goal, you're gonna set a new goal. It's called goal posting So you're not happy for very long because once you get that thing You set your sights on something else that you need or want and then if you don't feel happy until you get there again You're just gonna have these brief hits of happiness versus if you can shift the whole process of working towards that goal as the Mm -hmm. part that brings you happiness Then you're gonna have it all the time.
2: Yeah, and it also takes failure out of the equation too because if you're like, okay, All of my success is based on who I'm becoming. Did I tell the truth? And did I do my best? It's okay to feel upset because if you don't, but you you're You're only upset if you don't do one of those things. If Mm -hmm. I wasn't authentic, if I kind of like try to make myself sound a little bit more impressive than I actually am, right? Or if I, um, I could have done better, right? Then a lot of times you could be successful, but not having done your best, that's not a good recipe either. Right? You know, because a lot of times winning can be detrimental right because we think oh yeah we got this but as long as you got these three things that's best and then if you fail it doesn't matter cuz okay did i do these three things so it takes it takes all the anxiety away from like winning and losing and winning won't make you soft and losing won't make you bitter right mm-hmm. it's just like okay what do i do like and just having something external from the process actually like affords you the space to fail to fail
1: so, i love that so. totally and that's just like you know for for every listening that Enjoy the process of trying to find what you're passionate about because it's like when you find it Yeah, you found it. I mean, it's a lifelong pursuit of finding what you're passionate about finding what you really love But enjoy the time to take enjoy the time to question who you are and to think deeply and to really simplify your life to try to figure out what you ultimately want to do and what brings you the ultimate happiness and I found that's really being your most authentic self like I think you guys definitely agree with that like that's what makes us truly happy is knowing that we are doing what We are giving everything we have that is You know that we feel is who we really are mm-hmm. That's what brings us happiness and to take the pressure off yourself like that's huge We put so much pressure on ourselves that we had to find our life's purpose take the pressure off and really just try to think about it more with an open mind and sometimes it's what you never could have imagined comes in your life and that's what takes you on this entirely different route so take the pressure off and you know be open to all that could happen that's something that I need to tell myself every day (laughs) it's take the pressure
0: off and what's really helped with you and I and Tim working on EPOG is that we had that conversation about how no matter what happens it's all positive no matter the outcome we are successful already because we're we had the courage to declare this big dream we wanted and we also are having the courage to work on it every single day and so no matter what happens to epoch academy us becoming better because we're working and learning all of these new skills mm-hmm. we're successful already that takes a lot of the pressure off and if that's that's something that i need to tell myself constantly and that i think especially in our society with all with all of these demands on us is just be be nicer to yourself yeah. be easier on yourself do you, the that, pressure off.
2: do you think that do you think that having some anxiety or some negative emotion associated with not achieving what you set out is ever positive? Or do you think that that's something that we need to remove from the equation to lower the bar of fear to start things? Or do you feel like, yeah, how do we, how do you handle the bow?
1: That is a great question. And I think, I think fear is good. We've we talked about this like in the last podcast, I think that fear is motivator. Fear drives us. And it's often when we're the most scared is when we know that that's what we're supposed to do. Um, you're about to perform on stage and you're scared